You ask, we answer. Welcome to Can This Marriage Be Saved, where we go up against common relationship problems and help you determine if this relationship should stay or go. Hi there, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Can This Marriage Be Saved? Today, we're going to talk about how you can win your husband or wife back, even if they want a divorce. So Shlomo, I'm going to start with you. How can people listening win their spouse back? You know, maybe their wife, you know, told them that all of a sudden they want a divorce or the husband seems to want out and it's been brewing for a while, whatever the case may be, is it possible to win your spouse back? And if so, how? It is possible. And of course it, it does depend on why they want the divorce. But the first thing, of course, is not to react. And I know that's a hard thing to do because that's going to be the first thing you're going to want to do. But reacting and pursuing sometimes is actually going to be the very thing that they're running away from. So you want to be mindful of that and do your best to stay calm and then move forward in a thoughtful manner and think about what it is you want to accomplish. And even though you're very hurt, and rightfully so, it's important to take things slow and to have a really thought out approach. I would think it's so incredibly hard to hold back, especially for the hailstorm in the relationship, because, you know, the lack of attention and the lack of, of connection is what scares the hailstorm the most. So they, you know, get louder and louder. If you're not familiar with the turtle and hailstorm story, um, it's on our website and we can send it to you if you contact us personally. Um, but there's, you know, in every relationship, there's a turtle and a hailstorm. You know, the turtle is someone who kind of minimizes their energy and the hailstorm. Withdraw during conflict. And, yeah. and right. And the hailstorm is somebody who maximizes their energy during conflict. So for them, it's extremely scary to have their partner be with, so withdrawn. Right. So you might be used to nagging your spouse. And that actually could be one of the reasons why they've been pulling away. Mm-hmm. So if they decide they want to pull away for good, running after them and pursuing them might actually push them the other way. So sometimes I've had couples where I recommended them to do what we call the 180, or I've given them the option because I know it's a hard thing to do, but it's almost like playing hard to get, where instead of pursuing them, you just kind of let them, let them have their space and let them work there, you know, whether it's a midlife crisis or whatever it is, out. and just be there for them and, you know, not run after them, not call them, not try to convince them. And sometimes actually when people hit space, they, it's, they feel refreshed and like, Oh, wow, I see that you can be different, that you're not going to nag me. You're not going to come after me. And sometimes that actually opens the door for someone to come out and to come back to the relationship. So it is, you know, there is a lot of risk at risk because you're probably thinking, well, if I don't try to get them to get help or to run after them, then I'll lose them for good. So letting them do their own thing and kind of waiting it out uh, might be too late. And it get, kind of depends on, you know, want to gauge your spouse and kind of see. Sometimes if you talk reasonably to your spouse, you may be able to, uh, I guess, have them open up to see a new possibility. Or let's say you've been reluctant to get help, you know, if you're willing to go together to work on the relationship or you begin to take responsibility for your role. And we say this all the time, but 
it takes two to tango. So both of you are contributing to your relationship nightmare. So it's important, the more that you can take responsibility for your role and what you, you did to push your spouse away, the more that your spouse will be perhaps open to staying in the relationship because if they see that you take responsibility, then. And what does that look like taking responsibility? Well, I mean, you could, you could actually talk about some of the things that you've seen that you're doing that's been pushing them away or damaging the relationship. You could apologize for them. I think sometimes Um, people really don't even realize what they're doing. I mean, that's a, yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem if you don't know what you're doing, but even if you're not doing something malicious, if you start thinking about, you know, what is it? Why is my spouse so upset? Why do they want to leave the relationship? You know, what's, they, they feel like I'm too critical and nagging them and like, or that if it's the other, if it's the opposite, if your spouse is the hailstorm and you're the turtle, like I'm not paying, if I'm not, I'm not pay, giving you enough attention. I'm so too involved in work. I mean, really take a hard look at it and take some responsibility and start thinking, you know, what am I doing that's contributing to the downfall of this relationship or not making this relationship thrive? And even if you're not trying to be malicious, and even if you have good intentions, but think about what are your spouse's complaints? Those are the spouse, those are the needs that your spouse has that are not getting met. And if you can take ownership for them without, I mean, obviously your spouse is doing things too. But whatever you can do to say, okay, I admit that I've been this or that, then your spouse, it can be refreshing for your spouse to see that you're, you know, you are taking some responsibility and that perhaps you're willing to do things differently. And that, of course, can give hope for change. I think one of the things is that people don't feel like the relationship will get any better. It's kind of stuck in inertia. And if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you get the same results. So there's really you know, a lack of hope, that's usually at the point where people are ready to throw in a towel. They just don't see how anything can be better. And even if you've gotten help before, people have contacted me, they've been in counseling for years, and it doesn't necessarily work. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's the therapist isn't able to pick up on what's going on, or just there's sometimes there's incompetence there. Um, or sometimes it's just not the right fit and right, not the right approach. So Again, with the relationship, you, you need to have the hope that something can get better. And I was thinking yeah. maybe like I would love to give everybody listening almost a list of almost like a checklist so so they can look and see like, oh, I am being a nag. And even if they didn't realize it or, oh, I am being very critical. I was just thinking, I don't know, Shlomo, if you think this would help, but like even looking at something like the five love languages and seeing... Um, you know, the five love languages is a whole concept created by Gary Chapman. And he discovered that people have different love languages. And this is so eye-opening to people. But the five are giving gifts, words of affirmation, spending quality time, physical touch, and... Acts of service. Acts of service. So I guess uh, if you look at those and you think about what is my partner complaining about, oh, you never give me a gift or, oh, you're such a nag. Well, then maybe the one who complains about the nagging and the criticism, maybe their love language is words of affirmation and words are so important to him or her. So if you go back on that list and you decide to completely change the way you've been performing in that category, I'm just wondering if maybe this would help provide some awareness for people to be able to improve and take that responsibility that you mentioned yeah, I mean, from a, from a positive 
you know, in terms of what you could do positively to make the relationship, to make your spouse feel cared about, that would definitely be helpful, I think. Um, in terms of the negative, though, that is something that also needs to be, I think, needs to be dealt with. And you need to get a little bit of consciousness about that. The negative behavior. Yeah. Right. Another thing is also just learning more about relationships and the challenges. And I would say, and we say this a lot also, normalizing your experience. So, for example, those of you who've read our our special report. Um, Why your marriage isn't what it used to be. Yes, that explains the three stages of relationship and that relationships aren't supposed to be peachy keen and, you know, uh, whatever other cliches, uh, bed of roses, you know, forever. They're supposed to get difficult. That's called the power struggle. But the power struggle is a means towards an end. And that's what we, most of us don't realize. We start thinking that, and again, we're in the, we can be on that power struggle for 10, 20, 30, even 40 years. Until we get conscious, we won't get out of it. So it can feel like, what am I doing in this relationship? What am I wasting my time? This is so painful. Like I want to get, I want to have a, you know, spend the rest of my life in a, in a happier situation, getting my needs met. But the the idea is to get conscious about what's going on, get conscious about the conflict, to see where it's coming from, and to see where the growth and healing can can result. Because as you start becoming conscious and examining the conflict that you're experiencing in the power struggle, it will not be a coincidence. It's tailor-made for you. You'll start seeing how it's pushing your buttons and pushing your spouse's buttons. And just that alone is what gives people the hope. I mean, I find that when I'm working with a couple and doing a two-day intervention with a couple and we start exploring the conflict and where it's coming from, even if they don't have hope or it's usually one person who's definitely you know ready to call it quits if they start realizing oh well this is what's happening to us and this is why we're experiencing it it gives them hope it gives them the momentum it gives them the strength to be able to move forward and work together so sometimes it's just a question of getting them in the door and getting getting the right help and before before they call it quits now the challenge to this of course is if somebody's actually having an affair or they're being advised to leave the marriage by friends or therapists. Sometimes those people are hard to convince because I would say there's almost like a, a third person in the relationship. I mean, there is literally a th- there is a third person in the relationship, but they're interfering. Not only is it an extramarital relationship or even a friendship, but they are meddling in your marriage and it's not no longer between the two of you. It's almost as if I, some, I say jokingly that, you know, they're possessed when they start talking. It's not even th- them. It's somebody else. It's like, what happened to my spouse? Like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And like, you know, where did that come from? So when you start hearing these things out of the blue and even if your relationship wasn't so great, but when it's kind of like that nail on the coffin, I, I usually find that there's some, somebody else in the picture and it doesn't always have to be an affair. Again, it can be an individual therapist. Um, it could be a friend. And even though people might be well-meaning, when they're meddling in and not having you involved is a problem. So those people, sometimes it is hard. Unless they're willing to sever that relationship, sometimes they're just too far gone and too, they're too convinced by this other person that there's really no way that you're going to be able to work together. So Do you, you kind of just let them have that? relationship and then when they like finally come out of that being possessed then they can 
stop it? Well, the problem is, you know, when when will that when will that when and if that will happen? You know, some people, a lot of times, once they have that relationship, they're ready to get divorced. So, the idea that someone's having like a side like an affair that just keeps going on and it does happen though, they're they're still staying in the marriage but they're having this affair. You know, there's different schools of thought. Some of my colleagues, we feel that you really can't work on a relationship if somebody's actively cheating because their mind's not there. Their heart's not there. They're in this other relationship. They're completely infatuated. They're in that romantic stage with someone else. And I find it extremely hard um, if somebody's not willing to stop the affair because they're always thinking that the grass is always greener on the other side. If I marry this person, it will be better. And of course, it usually isn't because if somebody was a home wrecker, they'll probably wind up wrecking it, your home again once you're with them. So it is pretty hard. On the other hand, there are some colleagues who feel that you don't, you know, don't pressure somebody, just let them just, if you can get them to work with you and to, it could be that they'll get to a point where they realize that they don't want the affair. It's really a long, you know, it's a lot of, it's a big commitment to be able to do that. And, you know, the long-term results, it could be possible that the person will drop the affair. It's just a question of how much you're willing to tolerate. If you're able to tolerate that, um, you know, perhaps if you're working on the relationship long enough and your spouse is showing up in the sessions, then, you know, it could be that it could work. Interesting. But it is, it is definitely a challenge. Well, it sounds like, you know, winning them back is really just, uh, you know, committing to that process and doing whatever it takes, uh, infusing, you know, positivity and changing your behaviors if they have been contributing you know, pain to your spouse, really examining what you're doing and taking full responsibility and also time and patience, even when it feels risky and when it feels like you have no time, right? Right, and just think about, you know, the being in the present, being in the, the not, not freaking about out about the results and not worrying about, well, what's going to be, even though that's, of course, what you're going to be worrying about, understandably so, but instead of getting caught up in what the final, the final result is, just kind of do the best that you can to be the best that you can to take responsibility and to just, you know, just to pray that, that things will go in the right direction. Because ultimately it's beyond your control. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to hear this advice, but very powerful, Shlomo. Thank you so much. And we did mention a couple of resources. Um, One is the five love languages, and we do have a blog post on our site called the five love languages. So if you go to our website, themarriagerestorationproject.com, and you hit at the top menu blog, you can look for our post on the five love languages. We also mentioned our free guide, Why Your Marriage Isn't What It Used to Be, definitely a must read. So if you haven't read that so far, please go to the marriagerestorationproject.com and sign up to read that. It's free and it's only about seven pages long, very informative. And the third resource we mentioned was the two-day private marriage retreat where Shlomo actually will work with you and your spouse privately over the course of two days. Um, If you're interested in that, that's also on our website under the menu, you know, the top menu bar called private retreat. Right. So if your spouse is, is, you know, wants to get divorced, but they're willing to give it one last chance or to get closure, then that is one of your best bets to, to get some clarity and to turn things around. And we also include two months of follow-up in there to make sure that you get integrate it and yeah. integrate the progress you made. 
So we wish you the best, best of luck in winning your spouse back. We are here for you and, you know, we'll continue to provide resources for you on this topic as it's such an important one. And we wish you the best of success. Take good care. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed listening to today's topic. We'll be back again to focus on another topic that is sure to help you with your marriage. For any questions or concerns, please email us at info at themarriagerestorationproject.com with best wishes for your relationship success. 